Web 37 Daily. A 1.37 p.m. daily Twitter space on all things NFTs and Web3. We're very excited to have For the TL here with us. This is the most guests we've ever had on our podcast all at once, um, aka Twitter space. And so we're super excited. Um, if you don't know who For the TL is, I'll give you a quick rundown. Um, but I want to introduce you guys to Max, Elijah, Squibs, and Bobby. Bobby and Squibs are artists um, in For the TL, and Max and Elijah are founding members. Um, and Max is also a art curator as well. How are you guys doing? Hey, doing pretty well. Doing awesome. Hey. Amazing. I'm doing good too. <laughs> Hi, Bobby. Hi, Max. Thank you for having us, Erica. Appreciate you. Yeah, I actually uh, wrote an article about for the TL, um, I think last month or a couple weeks ago. And so we've been meaning to do uh, spaces with you guys. And yeah, um, if you guys can share in your words what you think for the TL is or what you want people to know, could you just tell us very quickly? I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll start it off here. Um, for the TL is a crypto art collective. I like to call it a, a crypto art super collective just because we have so many superhero-like figures in one group and one place that are working to uplift one another. Um, really started as sort of an informal group of creators and creatives, um, you know, looking to do something different and provide a spotlight to, you know, folks that are doing a lot of things and are well-recognized all the way to artists that are very new to Web3. Um, and it really just started from that genuine place of, of wanting to do exhibitions and, you know, get together and make cool things. And now we're sort of progressing into more of like a, a de facto collective um, working on longer term projects and doing, uh, you know, exhibitions, but also drops together and all the things in between. That's the I think that's like the core synopsis of it all. Yeah. What about you, Elijah? I know that you and Max started it together. What gave you guys this idea? Yeah. So we just have been in, I got into the crypto space in late 2020, same as Max. Um, he got into NFTs a little earlier than I did around October, November. And we just saw so many space, like people in the space elevated um, for reasons that not, not necessarily was about their art, um, some big sales that were going on. And while we love a lot of that big crypto art, we saw some art that we weren't really loving. And we saw all these amazing creators and artists of so many mediums that we essentially became friends with, starting to mint their own few pieces. And we just wanted to provide as much support as we could from like the beginning level to all the way high up whatever we could do to kind of help and get more eyes on the stories that are coming from these creators that don't have as many followers and don't necessarily have the big sales yet. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, you guys are a pretty big collective with over 75 members, correct? And I, I, I really resonate with the mission of wanting to uplift underrepresented artists because when you're in the NFT space, you see the same couple of people um, elevated and it's not that they're bad artists, but um, they're, they're also great people as well. But it's also um, 
great to give other people a chance. Um, other people who might not have that following, who might not be famous already, might not have had that sort of influence from Web2. And so I'm really glad that you guys were able to create um, this group. Um, you guys started as a group chat, correct? Yeah, well, we really started as an ex as an exhibition, um, like around Art Basel in Miami. And because okay. there were so many people in the show, it was like, I think, was it 60 artists, Elijah, something like that? Yeah, like 40 to 60. It was like somewhere between 40 to 60, which was like very crazy at the time um, to try to pull something like that off for the first time. Um, and there were just too many people to communicate and like separate chats and emails and texts that I just like started a chat with all these incredible people. And I remember like, I, I vividly remember starting the chat and it was like, you know, Latasha and Swopes and like all of us and and Bobby and... Um, you know, Clara, who I see is listening and, and Jake, who's, who's listening in the crowd. And like so many amazing artists, just like all in one place. And everyone's like, yo, we've known each other, like through the TL, but never, like, we've never talked or we've never like really gotten to meet and we're all about to meet in Miami. And it just like, it became this really exciting thing really quickly. Yeah. Speaking of TL, you guys are called for the TL. And a lot of people have been asking me when they saw the space scheduled, what is TL and why did you name it that? Yeah, so I'll take this one. Yeah, so the TL is the timeline, and th it really just became all the Twitter friends that we saw and that we really admired their art. And that's really why we took the name for the TL, because we want to support these time artists on our timeline as much as possible. Artists who maybe Twitter is their only medium of like expressing themselves. They're not getting these bigger editorials, so they have to express themselves over Twitter, share their... Um, artwork and these boosts from other artists and other creators really help and really is like the easiest way to get them some sales and some attention. Awesome. Yeah. And Bobby, I see that your hand is raised. Is there anything you want to add about that? Yeah, I was just going to say it was crazy that you brought up like, did we start as a group chat? Because for me, like they said, it was just a group chat for my friends. I didn't even realize what we were until like way later than I should have realized. I was like, oh, this is not just a group chat. This is a real thing. Like, And that's when I was like, I was super inspired by that because I thought it was really cool. And that's why I want to be a part of it. And that's why I am a part of it. Like, I thought it was really cute. Like, I feel like Max did a really good job of hearing the artists on the TL too, which is also like a cute little thing that goes with the name of the group because everybody was saying like, we needed exposure, we need this and that. And Max like created the exposure with Elijah, obviously. So I think that was pretty cool. That's all I had to say. Yeah, all, all big things start from small things, right? So um, love that. And I want to ask you and Squib, since you guys are part of the collective, what has been the most rewarding memory or experience from being part of it? I think for me, like, it's just really exciting to be able to meet people that you respect and you see their work online. And, you know, when you get together in person and we're all kind of part of this huge collective, it's a lot more meaningful and uh, just feels really good to be around people that you respect and uh, respect goes both ways. Yeah, for sure. And I think for me, my two favorite favorite memories is that first Miami show like that was crazy to me and I had a lot of fun there and I sold a piece while we were there that I drew while we were there so like that's always gonna be a big memory to me shout out to Faith and then my second is 
everybody get on Nifty with this drop because I was like, a lot of us never thought we were going to get on Nifty. So it was kind of like, I love, you see my Ivy. I love saying fuck you. And I just love that little fuck you right there. Like, yeah, I'm on here too. Like we're, <laughs> we're here like from the TL. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Thank you. And do you think that before you joined, you weren't getting the resources or support emotionally and, you know, like literally um, as an artist? Definitely. Um, You know, I've done lots of projects across like many kind of mediums of art, but to be able to show at all these different shows in person and kind of on the same roster as a lot of like big names is just really, really nice. I agree. I feel like um, I started NFTs on Super in 2020, like around the same time as Max and Elijah. So I was always like on Super, but there was never a push, which is like we grew a relationship and we still working on it and stuff like that. But I feel like the real push definitely comes from like Max for sure. With I like I got more push here than I did there, even though it's verified. Awesome. I love that. And I, I know that you guys will continue to grow and I can't um, wait to see how big it'll get this super collective. Um, you guys recently launched your first um, Genesis, your first does mean Genesis, duh, um, your first drop um, for the TL on Nifty Gateway. How did that go? And what, how did you curate this collection of seven artists based on how many artists you have all at once? Yeah. Um, I mean, Elijah could probably tell you how excited I was when the opportunity came up and we like immediately met up in the park in Brooklyn, uh, like sort of like right, right around where we both live. And I was like, dude, like, this is such a great chance to, to really introduce TL to a wider audience. And there's this curatorial opportunity to like really bring in, like Bobby was saying, a bunch of artists that, you know, might never have been onboarded to Nifty, like through their traditional pipelines. Um, And it was really, I think, important to show like a strong um, diversity of of types of art and types of people and the way that we do with all of our exhibitions and projects. So it it kind of made sense in my mind to have one artist that was already on Nifty that's done well, who's Sean Williams. Like he's been on Nifty for probably close to a year now um, and he's done a few drops and done really well for himself. And I think like really expanded his following and, and collectors through his nifty drops. Um, and then very obvious for me to, to bring along Sophie, um, start event, who's, you know, one of my favorite artists and favorite people and just so deserving of all the flowers in the space and, and in art in general. And, um, yeah, just didn't really make sense to me that she hadn't been on nifty yet. Um, so it just, it felt very, very natural, um, to, to add her to the list. And then as far as the others, um, you know, all, all some of my favorites, you know, favorite artists and, and, you know, close friends and people that, you know, I always look out for and, and want to bring into things. And it, I think just like from an art perspective really made sense um, in a single collection. Like I, I think, you know, between uh, Sean, Sophie, Squibbs, uh, Dimitri, Victor, Bobby Kai, Myriad of, um, I think all of those artists kind of have this like really interesting sense of like kind of um i don't want to call it pop art but like art that's like very like could appeal easily to a wide audience but has this like slightly left of center dark aspect to it like each of them in their own way kind of put this like weird dark spin on something that 
like is kind of palatable, if that makes sense. Um, and though the pieces have a wide range of aesthetic, it, it does fit together really nicely when you look out at all of them together. Um, and we didn't really, you know, I, I just had that instinct about it. Like we didn't really have any of the pieces, um, you know, when, when I chose the artists, like that, that was just sort of like what each artist wanted to do. And I, you know, really loved all the work. So it was easy to support. Um, so that's how those artists were chosen. And then, you know, I, I always personally struggle with this paradigm of like, I'm an artist and a curator and I want my work to be seen and I want to keep growing through these opportunities. And I, I now finally feel really confident in my work. And I think I've, I've really grown over the last year in the space. Um, and I'm always the first person to be like, I don't need to be on this. Like I shouldn't put myself in the nifty drop or like, I shouldn't put myself in, in this exhibition or whatever. And it's always like my most supportive and, and oftentimes like most successful friends that are like, stop saying that, like put yourself in the drop, like do something fun, like do it, like do it. Cause you know, you, you deserve it and you want to do it. So yeah, you, know, all you of are artists, on the drop. You are on the drop and, yes. and you have some great work. And so I, I'm glad that you decided to put yourself out there like that. You can be both a curator and an artist. Thank Sorry, you. Sorry. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Um, so yeah, it, you know, it, it took me a second to like really want to do it, but, um, you know, my entry to the space was a, a piece that I bought on Nifty Gateway with a credit card for $1. And I just really felt, you know, I, I really tried to create these opportunities with my art to onboard new folks and to, you know, make it accessible for people that don't own my work. So it, it just felt very natural to make a piece for a dollar um, and just see what happens. And I, I think it didn't get super botted. I think, it, you know, maybe some bots got to them early on, but, um, you know, a few friends were able to get them and the secondary is still like, you know, reasonable. So it's cool to like have a piece out there that, you know, people can, can easily access. And um, yeah, it was, I, I think, you know, to, to answer your question a bit more, I'll, I'll hand it off to Elijah in a sec. Like I think given the market conditions of where things were at, we dropped in the middle or towards the end of the week of NFT NYC. Um, I think we did reasonably well. We've sold out like half the collection, um, you know, 60 editions at, at 300 bucks a pop. Um so I, you know, I, I think we, we did reasonably well and the artists are really happy so that, you know, even if I'm unsatisfied, as long as the artists are happy, that, that makes it all worth it and all successful in my book. Yeah. So I, yeah, totally agreed. We just really want And another thing that Max didn't mention is we dropped with this pack mechanism. So you couldn't necessarily go out there and just buy a Sean piece you really had to kind of take the luck and uh, with the 15% chance that really anything could be yours. Um, and I think a lot of people really gravitated towards this because it really is way more equitable for the artists having like artists that's art is on the same level. Like really these artists all have their own style and really have developed in this style for a while and just like can create a beautiful have created a beautiful universe of their art through NFTs and everything. And we just wanted to put all this art on the same pedestal and say, this is all valuable. Like maybe the secondary isn't going to be as amazing, but give it some time. And this is going to be a valuable piece because all these artists are absolutely going somewhere. Yeah, I uh, pinned the pack um, where you can get it um, up there where Sean tweeted. And so if you buy a pack, it's kind of like actually like pack like grouping for trading cards. And you don't know which artist you're going to get. And that really does 
like Elijah say, equal the playing field because then it's not like one artist who has a bigger following can sell more. And, and you know, it's the, the beauty of it is that you're able to discover art from an artist you didn't even know before. And you probably could just be like, wow, I didn't know. I loved Squibb's piece or um, Bobby's piece. And, and now she or he or they are my new favorite artists. And so um, I, I, I really like that idea. And I love that it's digital and um, virtual and so yeah there's still um, many um, editions available if you guys want to check it out and um, I have my article pinned um, I had a great I had the great honor of speaking with every single artist on this drop for um, at least 15 to 30 minutes and so each artist explained their artist journey to me not all of them could have been here today or during the space but um, they're all highlighted in the article and I, I just really felt a very strong uniqueness from every single artist and they were very passionate about who they are um and so i just want to give squibs and bobby a chance to explain their pieces and what they curated for their job and why they decided to use those pieces we can start with squibs okay yeah uh so i recently about five months ago moved to new york from kansas city which is pretty much in the middle of nowhere for uh, lack of better words, but my piece is fully inspired by that. It's um, really inspired by late nights out on my fire escape, just kind of absorbing the surroundings, um, looking at the building next to me and seeing all the windows kind of lit up with different environments inside, you know, different neighbors doing different things at different times. And um, so I was like, oh, that would be cool, make a render of the building next to me. And then I was walking one day and I thought, oh, that'd be even cooler if I made it like a part of a human. So the windows are down the face with a fire escape from kind of the brain to the mouth. And then the eye serves as one of the windows. Um, you know, there's trains going around the neck, kind of my main source of transportation up here. Yeah, I'm just fully inspired by the past five months for me. You said that you spent a lot of late nights on your fire escape. Was that something that gave you a lot of inspiration? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I'd go out there, smoke a cigarette, drink a beer, and just kind of, it's very peaceful, which, you know, Kansas City is like a very quiet town, not a huge downtown area or a lot of metro stuff. So I was kind of shocked at how peaceful it was to be out there on my fire escape, kind of in the middle of the city, but a quiet little oasis. We have the piece pinned. Thank you so much, Ezra. So you could take a look at what he was describing. How did you come up with the character? Um, so it's based on the girl with the pearl earring, you know, that very famous painting. Yeah. And um, it's sourced through this software called Daz3D, where you can kind of build models, pose them how you want to create the material for their skin, etc. And then um, on top of all that, I painted on it and procreate just to roughen the edges and make it look more like a painting and less like a render. Thank you so much for sharing. Bobby, what about your piece? Your piece is called According to Prophecy. Um, for my piece, I... Okay, so when I found out we were going to be on Nifty, I asked if there was a theme. And they were like, not really. It's just like our Genesis Nifty drop. And 
I always like to think take things a little bit literally. So I was like, it is my Genesis Nifty Drop too, like personally. So I decided to go with like a Genesis theme. So the f- golden part of my piece is just a frame for the piece. And in the middle is like a my idea of what it looked like when like, you know, the world or whatever the universe was created. And then in the frame, we have like more literal from like biblical text Genesis things going on, like a little animal scene on the bottom of the frame and the side of frame is like um, a little Adam Eve snake scene going on. (laughs) And then, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's how it came along. I feel like I took the longest to submit my piece. I was working on it up to like literally the last day, but I think it came together pretty good. It was well worth the wait, Bobby, I promise. Okay, because I felt so bad. (laughs) (laughs) We loved it. We loved it. I just pinned all of you guys. Oh, Max, you pinned it as well. Oh, yep, that's actually better where you just pinned. So I'll just leave yours up there. But that's that's Bobby's piece. And so when she was describing the Genesis, Adam and Eve, that's where you could see what she's talking about. And it really does show an example of how when you look at this piece, you just feel so many feelings. And I can say that I feel that about every single piece um, in this collection. Um, does Elijah or Max have anything to say about any of the other pieces? Yeah, um, some of the other pieces. Uh, Sean's piece is called Curse of the Drifter, if Max, you want to pin that one. Um, this piece, Sean's style is so colorful and like there's so many little details that you can see in that really kind of tell the story. And with this piece, you can see it's just insane detail, like in black and white. And it really is just like this epic novel saga kind of coming into play, like a Lord of the Rings-esque kind of um, like story. And it's just beautiful with all the um, different shading and all like the detail that he can render out of just a black and white kind of procreate sketch. So this is definitely one of my favorites. Um, another one that's amazing is Dimitri Victor's piece. Um, I forget the name right now, but, um, it's called new form of new form of luxury. Yeah. We just pinned it. Yeah. So this Dimitri doesn't mint a lot. So this really was a, a really honored to get a Dimitri piece on the blockchain for, um, this piece, but it's just an amazing physical painting that and his whole kind of journey through nfts and art in general is and story behind it is creating um images and like an iconographic language that portrays black people in like a idealistic sense in a way that a lot of art really hasn't been for like pretty much all of time and he really wants to show like the truth and the amazing different intricacies that you could put in a painting with black people as the kind of as the whole main source of the piece so this with the colors and just all the little details the paint flourishes i think this piece is amazing max you want to talk about sophie's piece yeah, for sure. And and real quick, like we had the honor of seeing Dimitri's physical painting, like the original painting um, in an art fair in New York, like a week, maybe two weeks before the drop. And it's such a stunning piece. I think that's along with some of the additions, that piece is still available for sale. So if anybody here 
is looking for it, message Dimitri. It's it's a really gorgeous piece. Um, and yeah, it's a good segue into into the couple we didn't get to talk about. So Sophie Sturt event. This piece is really awesome. I mean, we love Sophie's work and and her. She calls it her super stacked style of like all these different layers and um, and colors and line work and you know a lot of her work really has this emphasis on the female form and um, sort of like this in between of uh, beauty and sort of like, um, you know, uh, I, I guess you could call like the less, uh, like, uh, flattering parts of, of, of the human form. And like, in this piece, I really just feel like she, she explored, I mean, for, for one of the first times, I think like different, uh, skin colors, like a lot of the time she doesn't really color in the bodies. Um, there's a lot of different color aside from that that I, I really like was surprised to see. And there's actually quite a, a photorealistic face in there too, which is, is kind of cool. Um, I love seeing like those really abstracted hands too. It's really, her, her stuff is awesome. So yeah, that, that one was really a, a treat. Um, Sophie and Dimitri, I think have barely minted any additions. I don't think Bobby has done many additions either. So that was another cool aspect of of bringing them onto Nifty in this format was just giving that sort of like, you know, lower price point, entry point for for folks. Um, And then the last piece we didn't get to cover yet is a myriad of piece. This one is called Pieces of She. And she's doing this sort of um, like loose collection right now of, of digital paintings that she's calling Ribbon Ladies. And it's sort of these like self-portraits that she's making um with these kind of like abstract uh ribbons and and different animals and sort of uh types of uh textures and like and and background things that she's doing um this one i think is like very introspective and kind of dark a lot a lot of her work is is a bit um in that sort of like uh, reflective kind of, you know, late at night with your thoughts type of vibe. But, um, yeah, I, I really love this one and, uh, love Myriad. Really lucky that, that she was able to come for NFT NYC as well. Um, and, um, yeah, just really grateful for the artists for always trusting us with their work and, and their vision. Just a little more about Myriad. It's about, so she, the whole theme behind this one, which I think is so cool. And you can really see this in the painting and really feel it. It's all about baggage and like the unconscious baggage that you hold on to and the baggage, the conscious baggage that you know you have, but just all about kind of getting rid of it and how can you get rid of it in a sustainable way that doesn't like kill your character as well. So I think just the story behind this one is really amazing, just like all the pieces. So we're really blessed to have this be our first collection. Absolutely. Well said, bro. Well said. (laughs) Yeah, that was so well said. It's like you guys can explain these pieces as if you created them yourselves. And that just shows a lot about how much you guys support each other and know each other well. And so I love that. And I also noticed that a lot of these pieces, although they are contemporary, they do have um, a lot of elements of, um, older art as well and and themes as well for example like curse of the drifter david and goliath um for bobby's adam and eve um, for squibs uh girl with the pearl earring i love that you guys are mixing both traditional and um, contemporary um, themes together to make something super um, unique and so i love that and um we have ezra um the person that runs our twitter you probably know if you come to our spaces often 
And so he has a couple of questions for you guys. And so I'll just hand it over to him. Yes. So my question is, what is the, the role of a collective, right? Like what, what is, what's, what's the gap that you guys fill and like, how do you feel that you fill it really well? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, it's sort of undefined, right? Because we there aren't a whole lot of crypto art collectives yet. Um, you know, I've, I've seen some folks doing like group exhibitions and, um, you know, like I, I've seen that Super Rare has their like spaces initiative and Nifty is about to do something kind of interesting um, in a similar vein. Um, I think our role really is is to continue doing what we're doing, which is providing opportunities to artists that, that we love. Um, and that the whole group is, you know, intertwined, intertwined with while also providing opportunities to, to artists that don't really get those opportunities in other places. So like a great example of that is our work with Zora, um, the, you know, open, uh, NFT protocol. So like with Zora, we've worked with them on all of their IRL events and we've done these, uh, virtual gallery exhibitions or like, like physical exhibitions for, for like digital art and, and NFTs, um, and with Zorotopu, we've kept the submission process very open and transparent. So like anybody could submit their work. There is still a curatorial process, but like, you know, we're, we are actively trying to bring new artists into physical spaces and into our collective. Um, so I think, you know, a large part of it is the role of like doing these shows and, and providing opportunities like that, as well as, you know, having sort of like an, an unofficial um, like loose structure sort of incubator where people can, you know, workshop their new pieces and, um, you know, seek out direct support on, on things that they're promoting, um, make projects together. Like there, there are a few projects that we're already working on, like for the rest of the year. Um, that, that's sort of my immediate answer. I think it's a little less defined than say like a platform's role in the space right now. Um, because we're really getting to build and imagine what that role even is in the first place. You know what I mean? I think what else we're trying to do is really just tell the story of these pieces, kind of like we've been doing today. And that's like what we're kind of looking to do in some of the products that we're about to build. So we just got a grant, shout out FWB, from FWB to build a website and really just like create this virtual gallery that can really editorialize and show the story of a lot of the pieces that we're trying to exhibit in our virtual gallery. So really just showing collectors from like a large base that these works aren't just don't just exist in a void, essentially, that they really show the artists um, experience and that the artists that we are choosing really have a bigger vision through blockchain and NFTs and their art in general. That's so cool. Two comments before I pass off to Nick, who has a question, is the, the way that you guys structured the path. Uh, I feel like that really lends itself to getting more eyeballs on these artists because maybe someone has two to five artists that are crossing their fingers and hoping that they get out of the pack and they see other people's arts. You know, maybe they hit two on the artists that they want and then they see three other artists that they you know didn't pay that much attention to. But now that they own the NFT, they're like, oh, let me check these people out, you know? Um, and then the FWB, if I'm not mistaken, that's a DAO, correct? Friends with Benefits DAO. So it's so cool to see them offering a grant to another community-driven and community-led collective. I, I think that's something that in the NFT space, the money can be the big focus, 
But really, when you boil it down, there's communities of people that are looking to help each other out. And that's what For the TL is doing and what Friends of Benefits is doing as well. So it's just it's just super cool to see that kind of interaction happening in the Web3 space. And next up, we got Nick. Oh, you, you got a question, uh, comment about that? I don't, I, I, yeah, thank you. Thank you for recognizing that, for real. And we, we love FWB, so shouts to them. I love it. Next up, we got Nick. What up, everybody? Um, first, uh, this has been an amazing space so far, so I just want to give sh- flowers for flowers are due. Um, what you are building is something that is incredible, and I can just, um, yeah, I, I, I can already tell that this entire collective has a very bright future ahead, and I'm just very, very excited to see where it goes. So, again, just flowers where flowers are due. Um, so much love to y'all. So I guess like really I'm curious now, cause it's just such a, I mean, I just love what you are up to here. Like what's next here? Because I, I know there's a million different directions that you, you may be thinking that you can go into, right? Um, how do you think about like exclusivity, right? Like, is that something that is, is, is going to be down the line? Um, how are you thinking about navigating the different, um, challenges of, of scaling something hence to the point of even in the beginning, it's, I find it hilarious how you mentioned, you know, having the big group chat of people because it's just so much to manage. Right. So I can't even imagine what it'll be like when you have hundreds and if not thousands of artists, uh, coming into the fold. So I guess really what this question comes down to is how do you look at the future of for the, for the TL? Yeah, it's, that's a great question. I mean, we, we've been spending a lot of time working on that next stage. Um, I think it really began when the nifty drop happened. Um, and really once we started working on this FWB grant, so um, really our proposal to FWB, it was, it was an open grant, like for, for people to apply for the funds. Um, we envisioned this sort of, you know, it's a website that we want to build, but it's essentially a bespoke platform where we will be able to kind of control our own destiny in terms of exhibiting art virtually. So like Elijah was alluding to earlier, having our own virtual gallery, um, that we could sort of customize and, and, you know, build over time and in, in exciting, fun, visual ways, like with different exhibitions and stuff like that. Um, that'll come alongside being able to, you know, operate our own marketplace. I think there will still be collaborations in the future with other platforms and, you know, like little capsule uh, drops and different things, but really having like our own contract and our own, uh, you know, marketplace, um, stuff like that on, on the NFT side. And also um, another thing that Elijah was alluding to earlier is like having this sort of editorial arm that's highly curated and very intentional with what we're covering and, and what we want to showcase. Um, you know, basically, you know, also like what he was saying earlier, just telling the story of, of these artists that, you know, are alive and innovating right now and like need their stories to get out there. And it's really hard to do that in a, in a tweet or in a thread or even in a space sometimes like, sometimes you really need like a a long read or you need a whole, you know, hour, hour and a half to like dive into something. So I I think we're going to, you know, explore different um, formats of editorial, but having an integration essentially between like virtual gallery, 
NFT marketplace and, and merchandise, I, I imagine, and also editorial that sort of like bridges the gap between those things and allows people to like really live with and understand the work. That's that's sort of the immediate vision of, of what we're building and what we want to to show and hopefully talk to you guys about next time. When you say editorial, does that mean the artists themselves will be explaining their art or will it be someone else writing about it? Have you figured that out yet or is it still up in the air? It's definitely going to be a mix of both. Um, so we're kind of branching out now into creating these um, kind of teams under For the TL, um, like a little editorial team and creative team and um, just different kind of working groups. And yeah, I think these groups are work hand in hand to kind of tell each other's stories. Here's a curveball. Um, how do each of you define art? Whoa. Can Squibs take this one? I want to hear yours first. Yeah, I think on probably a very basic level, it's somebody transferring how they're feeling, you know, their thoughts into something that's physical. But I think we all in our friend group have this conversation a lot. You know, you could be a chef and be an artist or like an electrician and be an artist just because you're really, really good at what you do and you do it a little bit like differently than someone else. So I think it's just showing innovation, um, something that makes you feel something that would probably be art. Yeah. Get into Bobby. it for like 30 minutes, but that's a yeah. very quick synopsis. Yeah. Bobby, we want to hear you. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Like I could get into it for like 30 minutes, but, but like, um, okay. On a basic level, like what is art, like visual art? I feel like it's, I feel like as an artist, I take what I see in the real world and I like, transfer it on the paper so that you guys can understand what I'm visualizing, I guess, or how I feel or like my version of the world, I guess. That is a hard question. Okay. But so anything could be art, like we said, right? So it, it, it unnerves me sometimes, but literally anything could be art, anything that you find beautiful. So like from visual art, music, food, like literally anything, cars, like experiences, what isn't art is the real question, I think. Ooh, that's I real. Like that. I like that's that. That's real. I, I did I say it was like, a cur I did say it was a curveball. I'm just saying. I did I did I did preface it saying this is a curveball. But, <laughs> but go ahead. Just real quick, I, I think what, what Bobby and Squibs are getting at is like it's really about the intention and care that people put into their craft and into, into the things that they care about. And I think like um, even going back to what we were just talking about with like the editorial thing and like, you know, are the artists going to talk about it, about their work or are other people going to write about their work? Like there's almost an, an art in conversation and an art in talking about art. Um, you know, like the conversations that I, I have with, you know, all the people here and um, even Erica, like a couple of times we've had some really interesting conversations about art and, um, you know, so many friends that are listening in right now. Um, I think like that, that's something that you can't like put any sort of like number or value on. It's just like something that, that touches you and stays with you and inspires you. If you, if whether you're a visual artist or 
um, you have a podcast or you like writing Twitter threads, like those things can drive you to make better work, you know, no matter what the medium is or like having a great meal, like we were saying, things like that. So a thousand percent, it's, it's all of what is not art. Can you answer that? (laughs) (laughs) Period. Right. Right. (laughs) That's too funny. That's too funny. Um, Elijah, did you, were you able to kind of riff on that or? Um, yeah, I totally agree with all of those things. Um, just absolutely just creative expression is art and especially doing it in a way that like you're putting your entire heart into. Um, and yeah, absolutely agree with, um, the emotional response part as well, that art definitely true art elicits an emotional response. So that can be so many different things. I'm definitely not ready or here to answer the what is not art question. <laughs> yeah because yeah i feel like that's a dangerous territory to go into is like okay well well that's my art what the fuck like, <laughs> like you know that's that's uh yeah oh man maybe we could go a three-hour podcast just about that uh, <laughs> we can do um some audience audience questions now we got about 13 ish minutes so if anyone has a question, go ahead and request. We do have a question from Tim Sunday that was texted in here. So this is for um, this is for the artists and um, founders. If you also have something to add here, feel free. So the question is, where do you draw a line between doing things for the good of the art or the community and doing things that make you money so you can continue your vision? And since Sunday continues, I struggle sometimes with the idea because more money means the freedom to do more. But when do you say enough is enough? So where do you draw the line between doing things for the good of the community and doing things that make you money? So I would say for myself, um, I'm kind of blessed to be able to do a little bit of commercial and corporate work using that same outlet. So that's really where I would like garner my money. And then anything I post as my own art is fully, you know, an, an expression of myself. And I really think you could fall into a bad hole when you try to mix those two things, you know, making art for the money. I made my nifty piece like immediately when we found out that we were going to do it. Obviously I didn't make it because I thought there was going to be like a dollar sign on it. You know, I just made it because I wanted it to be what I was living through during that time and, um, you know, something that I thought would look cool on Nifty. I love that answer. I'm going to give you another perspective. (laughs) (laughs) So I like the question where I draw the line is like, you always have to make stuff for yourself. Obviously that's the only way you're going to stay sane stuff that nobody sees. So I do that for sure. But for me, I hate working I hate waking up on time. I hate coming to things um, and seeing people. So <laughs> I, my whole life, my whole dream has just been to do art. So the only way I'm going to be able to just do art and nothing else is if I sell it. And also, I live in a house with parents and siblings, and I can't have a million canvases in the house. My parents are always like, after about 100, they're like, you need to sell something. These need to go. <laughs> so I feel like it's more of like a, I have too much product I guess so I have to get rid of you know some of it sometimes so that was another drive behind me selling my art but I feel like you just have to keep a balance for me if I feel like I have too much money I just 
give it away. I know that sounds crazy, but I just give it away. Like, I just give it to artists. I go on GoFundMe tours. I do whatever I have to do. And I don't like to hoard money, so I do that a lot. So there will be a lot of times where I just, like, I, in February, had a $30,000 sale. And then I have about $20 today. So (laughs) that tells you my spending habits, like, I'm big on community and mutual aid. So if it ever gets overwhelming, you feel like you're hoarding money, you're just so horrible. Just give it to other artists and give it away to the people you feel like deserve it. And that's also why I'm starting a mutual aid fund, because I understand feeling bad about the money sometimes. Like sometimes you're like, whoa, like I do not even need all this because as an artist, you know, we have morals and all that stuff. So that's what I would say about that. (laughs) Great answer. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think, um, you know, to the point about, uh, I, I, I don't remember exactly how the question was phrased, but essentially, like, at what point do you stop doing things? Or, or do you like wean off of doing things that you're doing out of passion and start to apply yourself to, to earning a living? I think like, I'll speak for myself. Um, Elijah might have similar feelings about it. But like, we've, we've not really taken a cent from any artist for this, for this project and for this collective. Um, and there have been other opportunities that have come as a result of like of doing things and, um, you know, we're really fortunate to the partners and, uh, platforms that have like sponsored events and, and, you know, like this grant is really going to help us build things. Um, but we've, we've been hustling on our own, like, you know, paying our rent on our own, like doing other things or, you know, again, I'll speak for myself. Um, you know, I, I've been doing that and and selling my art for the first time through web three and through NFTs. Um, and like fully applying myself to art for the first time in my life. So like, yeah, I think, um, I think it's tough sometimes to find that balance. Like what Squibbs was saying, like it could get messy when your passion is your career and vice versa. Um, you know, with this specific project, it's, it's been so much about creating visibility and, and a platform for a group of people. And I think another thing that Squibbs was sort of referring to earlier when, when you, uh, you guys asked about like, you know, his favorite experience so far. And he was saying like, you know, celebrating these things and experiencing these things as a group, it's so much more rewarding to have these wins and and have these moments as a whole group. And like with people that, you know, we've all come to know and, and become like intimate friends with, and, and really like, you know, these are the people I love and, and care about so much. Um, so it, it, you know, it's okay when you have those months, even, even to, you know, what Bobby was saying, like those months or those weeks or days where like, you don't know, how the hell you're paying your next bill or like, you know, where, where your next check is coming from. But you're like in this thing that kind of feels bigger than yourself. Um, and it, and it is about the thing that you care about most, which is art. Um, so I, you know, I think as long as your intentions stay pure and, and you continue to just work hard and like do it with your heart, then hopefully it works out. And if it doesn't, then, you know, try to get a, try to get a job, try to sell another piece, you know, maybe take on a client gig, like what Squibs does. Um, you know, it's, it's web three really doesn't necessarily solve all of the problems of, of the traditional art world or of life, but it provides opportunity to, you know, to make money and to hustle and, and to collect and do amazing things. So, yeah. I guess uh, just one more thing to add on there, you know, if you put a lot of passion into your work and you just do it for the sake of creating, that will turn in to being able to profit off of it. You know, people will see that and recognize 
because they don't really want to buy something, you know, from somebody who's just trying to make a quick buck off of it. I think everybody in the collective has that passion. So it's very important. We have, uh, we have Manny, um, who just joined Mr. Fryer truck, man. We recently, um, we meaning 137, we're doing a one of one artist spotlight every Thursday, uh, every Friday. And Manny is our very, very first artist spotlight. So we, we thought it'd be good to bring him up and, um, see if he had anything to add to, to the conversation. Hey guys. Uh, well, first of all, big shout out and big thank you to Max Squibs and Elijah and everyone else in this room, honestly. Uh, what you guys have been creating is amazing, insane for bringing recognition to like one of one artists, just artists in general. You know, um, having been part of the the 4DTL show, that was awesome. That was actually one of my biggest like uh, takeaways, I guess, in the NFT community. You know, like that first show that Max hit me up for. Um, you know, I, I was very like shocked. I was, I was like, man, I'm finally gonna be in a show like on, on the Twitter, like you know, NFTs. It was you know life changing. Um, you know, seeing a lot of what you know these artists getting their platform, getting their flowers, I, I, it's it's amazing. I, I think I, I can't wait to see what else is next. Um, especially every time we all meet up, I see I see it. Um, it just keeps getting better and better. Um, you know, first time I met everyone was like in Miami. Now then in New York, and then like I just can't wait to see like NFT art Basel basically this year. How how more you know more like more artists joining the group. How much bigger the these events are actually going to get, and yeah, I I just man, shout out to you guys, and thank you. Shout out to you, absolutely. Yeah, for real, we appreciate you so much, and great choice one thirty seven on on your first artist spotlight. That's an awesome. <laughs> I'm excited to see who you have next. It's gonna be great. Yeah, it was great to meet um, an NFT NYC man. Same here, man. Can't wait for uh, our Basil is here. It'll be amazing. As as we wind down this Twitter space, Erica, do you want to shout out the? Do we have the next uh, one of one artist lined up? Yeah, um, our next one of one artist is Yasmir. Um, Yasmir is an amazing, incredible, incredible artist. Um, I met Yasmir at Econ uh, through Mac, and um, our relationships manager actually suggested. Uh, him to be featured and then I was like I already know him he's amazing and so um, if anyone could pay for his art it's just some of my favorite art actually and so um, it, it's just all it's just a coincidence honestly that you know like Mr. Firetruck Man the, um, the first one of one spotlight that we had um, was featured in me for the TL show I had no idea about that so it's just kind of like a full circle thing and it just shows that you know, you guys have good taste, or you know, one thirty-seven PM has one good taste. All of us, maybe. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it, and we just um, uh, Max just pinned uh, Yasner's piece up at the top left, um, as well as Mr. Freitruck Man. So, uh, check that out. It, it's funny that we're like this. This is an audio platform, and we're describing it, uh, it, you know, with our ears. But we also have the pinned up there that you can check out with your eyes. So we're hitting almost all the senses with this uh, Twitter space. Ezra, I didn't know if I, you could describe with your ears. I, I didn't know that that was a, that, that was just playing. I was just messing with you. When's, when's, when Twitter smells. That's what I Smell-o-vision? Oh, man. The amount of, um, yeah, stay, 
work from home DJing that uh, the entire Twitter community has done. I'm not sure that uh, smell-o-vision Twitter spaces are really the move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, no, I love it. Okay, so one last question before we wrap up. Are, is for the TL accepting applications? Like, what, what do artists need to do to kind of get into, into that process if there is one? Another great question. Um, as of now, we are figuring that out. Um, we really want to be equally open and selective on a curatorial level. Um, so TBD, I think we'll have announcements on that in the next couple of months. So stay tuned on at for the TL, um, you know, follow all of the, the people that are involved, all the artists, like be a part. I think it'll, it'll just flow really naturally. Like if you're already sort of like in the orbit of artists that, you know, are homies with other artists and like, and collaborating and and doing exhibitions and things like that. Um, so like in a, you know, respectful, non-chilly way, just like stay in touch and we're going to, we're going to have some method to the madness of, of onboarding new people. Cause like, this thing could easily turn on, uh, turn into like, you know, a 200 t- like person group in a day. And then it could be like a 1000 person group in like a matter of a week or two. So like, we just want to be careful with how we, maybe we'll do it like in, in segments or like in, in like batches of, of folks. So TBD, but we'll, we'll have something soon and, and stay posted also like on the projects that we were talking about and the FWB uh, grant stuff and all those things will come through our Twitter. And it seems like we've kind of hit a plateau with NFT events for a while, but we're always doing open calls for the art that we show at these NFT events. So that's another great way to get involved and get onboarded. So just show us your art. We always want to see art. There you go. You heard it here first. Keep going. <laughs> Even during an NFT bear market. Um, awesome. Well, I love it. Thank you so much for coming out and talk with us and sharing your art. Um, shout out to Squibs again for the POAP design. If you haven't, claim the POAP. It, I, it was hinted that there's a, a, a giveaway of some sort for art that people have collected the POAP. Is that right? I just oh. want to make sure that's correct. From, from uh, Squid. Or was that, or was that full? Did I make it here? Did you say something like that, Squibs? Squib is spreading false alpha. I did not. I didn't know such thing. Ezra's just fucking gassing. (laughs) Did Ezra just put them in such a tough position? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right, all right. Uh, So we'll go ahead and reverse the tape on that for uh, 60 seconds. But if you haven't claimed the POAP from Squibs, the the POAP code is Timeline Art 1 through 7, capital T and capital A. They'll claim that we have 81 people that have claimed so far. Everyone, thank you so much for coming out and listening. If you've listened this whole time, I'm sure that you enjoyed a piece of this. This is a podcast, actually. We're taking the recording, uploading it to all streaming platforms, and it's a podcast called Web37. So there is a link up top for our link tree so that you can do in like two clicks, check it out on your favorite streaming platform. We host uh, the builders, movers, and shakers, artists, um, that are, are doing things in the, in the NFT space. And I'm getting some stuff on the backdrop. There is a nifty drop. Uh, there's a nifty drop happening tonight at 6.30. Woo! With the packs, right? That's where you get the packs that we were mentioning earlier? These are, these already, are, the, same, these are the same pieces that are released, yeah. yeah. 
We've got half left. So if you want to. Yeah, a bunch of sold during this phase. $300. And um, you, you get one of six amazing works that we've talked about today. So we'd really appreciate it. I uh, just pinned the link. So appreciate you guys for tuning in and hearing all about our lovely journey that we've came upon and keep going on so far. So I love it. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Follow all the speakers and follow for the TL for future drops. You can get notified of when those are happening next. And be sure to follow the podcast, Web37. This, as I said, this is recorded. This is a podcast. And we'll have plenty more coming out very soon. And we also have a library of 55 other episodes just like this. Any final thoughts? Um, and be sure to tune in to our one-on-one artist spotlight every Friday. That's the Bye, guys. Amazing. Bye. Thanks, Thanks everyone. for having us. Bye. Peace. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out every single live Twitter space on our Twitter at 1.37 p.m.